Welcome to another episode of Chic Compass Connection. This podcast will give you a glimpse into the window of the popular Chic Compass magazine, where we feature art, music, design, fashion, dining, and all things chic for the culture-starved audiences of the world. To view our magazine online, visit chiccompass.com. That's C-H-I-C-C-O-M-P-A-S-S dot com. We would also like to thank the Vegas Room in the Historic Commercial Center in Las Vegas, Nevada, for inviting us to their supper club to broadcast our show. I'm your host, Jamie Hosmer. Let's introduce today's guest. Amy Kudashian is the founder, creator, and the host of the Empowering Humanity TV show. She is a transformational keynote speaker, life coach, and the author of the book, Tears of Hope. Amy is deeply passionate about making a difference in the world. Her goal is to leave a positive and impactful legacy for many generations to come. Deep in her heart, she believes that her life was saved many times for a very good reason. Amy, along with Eric P. Granger, an award-winning screenwriter, are currently working on turning Amy's book into an inspirational movie called Light from the Shadows to put her story on the big screen. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. <laughs> so I want to, obviously, we're going to talk about your book and how that is uh, being turned into a movie. But I would love to go back a little bit because I know you're born and raised in Lebanon. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about your childhood and because you were raised during the Civil War, right? In Lebanon? 1975, yeah. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about that as much as you want to go into that. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, well, first in 1975, I was 12 years old when the Lebanese Civil War began. One of the first bomb, I mean, they started in, in the street fighting, and then one of the first bomb came to our house when I was having conversation with my older brother. He was 20 and I was 12 years old. So you're sitting in your house. Yes, I was sitting in the living room with him. And literally a bomb comes. Well, it, it gets there. We had a, f- a family meeting that my father wanted us to flee Lebanon to Egypt. After the meeting, everyone left the room. I stayed, me and uh, Robert, in the room. And um, he needed to get up to to the kitchen to get his tea. And I said, no, no, we're having a great conversation because I I had dyslexia. And then he wanted to help me. And he said, "Uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? I said, I want to be a teacher because I want to be a teacher who doesn't put children down. I want to help. Uh, people who have this, you know, you know, who cannot read and write, and you know, I want to lift their confidence. He and this said, is already at twelve years old. You knew you wanted to be a teacher. Oh yeah, I wanted to be something to inspire, help others, because mm-hmm. I knew that I understood things, but no one gave me an opportunity because I couldn't read and write. So he looked at me and he said, I promise you will be teacher one day. I said, you know what? How can you promise me I can't even graduate from my school? Mm. So we were having the conversation no one had with me. That was an amazing conversation mm-hmm. to, to 12 years old. So he needed to get up to get his tea from the kitchen. Selfish me, I said, 
hold on. I, I'll get up. I'll get your tea because I didn't want to lose that conversation. So I get up to the kitchen to get his tea, and I turn my back. And as soon as I turn my back, a bomb flew through the window to that living room and killed my brother. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Through the window. Yeah. Wow. And then each story, if we were living in a five-story building, after that, um, each story was received a bomb that, like, the building was shaked to the core. And my mother and father were in the other room. My mother panicked, and she was trying to, to, to um, she wanted to, uh, she wanted to jump from the window because she lost her mind. She didn't know what was happening. Okay. And my father was holding her back saving her from not jumping. Mm -hmm. And he was looking at me, are you okay? I was still in my pajama. That pajama was white and a little bit pink on it. It turned into black because of the smoke. And I was looking at my brother was burning. Oh, my goodness. And then my mother's trying to kill her to drop, you know, wanted to jump. And the bomb was coming one after another, shaking me to my core. Wow. Just like that, my life was changed from hope. In an instant. From hope. Right. To devastation. And the last, the last words you heard from your brother were encouragement. Yes. Was encouragement. From hope. He was giving me hope, and the hope was taken away just like that. So what, what happened to your family at that point? Oh, after that was something, something remarkable happened. Um, I didn't know that. I'm going to share with you this this story here, what okay. happened years after. Okay. So I wrote my book before. This is the second release. I'm doing it. Uh, my my younger brother was six years old. He told me, he, he was telling me before, well, Amy, do you remember I came in and I said, um, I told Robert, get up before the airplane comes and hit you. I said, yeah, I remember you said that to him. Because in the book I wrote that he, uh, my little brother and my other brother, went across the street to do airplane, uh, paper airplane. But I didn't know what happened. So I'm going to get you there. This, mm -hmm. is, this is amazing. Okay. So what happened is that finally, this time when I'm rewriting the book, I, w I said to myself, okay, I'm going to listen to my little brother, what he wanted me to say in the book. I want to give him that. And then I said, okay, I called him. I said, okay, this time I'm going to write com the complete what you wanted me to say. I'm listening. He said, okay, Amy, when I went, I came back in, I told Robert, get up. Uh, otherwise, the, the bomb is going to, the airplane is going to hit you. After that, he went down to play with his, my other brother to do airplane. As he was making the airplane, I was having the conversation with my brother. Now, he finished making the airplane, and he was trying, because we were living in this, uh, the second level, he was trying to take the airplane with his hand and throw it to our window. Mm -hmm. At that time, he saw the, the whistle coming in, and at that time, I left the room after my conversation. 
So I calculated the time. I left the room. He saw the whistle. He looked at the, my other brother named Ely. He screamed to Ely because he saw the whistle. Missile. missile. And then I looked at Robert and I was screaming Robert. So he, Roger was screaming to Ely and I was screaming to Robert at the same time. Wow. Wow. What a crazy chain of events. Yeah. Um, so how many, so you had uh, three brothers total? I have four brothers. Four brothers. Yeah. Um, okay, so so what do you do next? Next, we became homeless. Wow. Basically, because even relatives, they couldn't help because we separate. I mean, we couldn't get to grandma's house because the country was shut down completely. Um, people helped us. Some family took us in. We were separated. Uh, long story, make it short. If every one of us went somewhere, they took me and my six years old brother. They put us in a, a boarding school, old boarding school. In the mountain was no school. Mm. And the when they put us there, the country was shut down. It was no cellular phone, no connection with right. my family. Right. I never thought I would see my family ever again for wow. for several months. I didn't know if they were alive or dead. Mm -hmm. So I had to be a mother to my six years old brother. Okay. Right after my brother died. Mm -hmm. So less connection with my family. And I had to grow up really fast. In the mountain, we were shut up from uh, shut out from water, electricity, and food. So, what city were you in? We were in Beirut. You were in Beirut, okay. Yes, and then they put us in like they had to put us in the mountain because there's it was safer over there. Okay. And okay. they couldn't put us anywhere else. So. Got it. Being in that mountain was another story. Your life. All of your lives change in the blink of an eye. In the blink of the eye. Um, okay, so you're 12 years old. This horrible civil war breaks out, and your family's basically thrown into, you're separated. Um, then at 14, I believe something, something happened. You, you actually got married. Then we get reunited. Your family got reunited? Uh, some of us. Some of you. Um, at four, three days after my 14th birthday, my mom couldn't, she was on medication because she lost everything. She mm. lost her son and our, lost our house and mm -hmm. war was going on. And emotionally, financially, she couldn't take care of me. And as soon as I had an opportunity to get married, she said, you better go. This, I can't feed you. I can't take care of you. This is the best solution for you. So three days after my 14th birthday, I was married. Okay. Okay. Um, and eventually, you make your way to the United States. Uh, but it's not... What, what age were you when you came to the States? Yeah, I was 15 when I had my daughter. So I lived, okay. I lived in the house for three and a half years or... So 
and, and with his parents. Okay, which, so you so you got married <laughs> uh, to what uh, I presume a man you didn't know very well. Well, no, I knew okay. he was he wasn't that old. it wasn't arranged marriage because Christians we don't do arranged marriage. Okay, but his family they didn't know he was getting married, so he was behind their back. Okay, so I wasn't welcome in their home. Oh, interesting. So I went to their home and living there, I wasn't welcome. For three and a half years, I lived in a house that it was it was a very bad situation. So it was a, a very stressful situation. Very stressful situation. And then you have you have a child. I had with him. Yes, I had a baby, and then uh, he had a sister, which later on they discovered what I was saying all along. That I discovered that it was something not right. And then 15 years later, they didn't believe me in the beginning, but then they discovered what I was saying. So I suffered three and a half years there because I did not want to come back to my family. Back then, divorce was really bad for a Mm. woman. Okay. And also, I did not want to come back because I was sexually abused by one of my brothers since I was seven. Wow. One of the reasons I said okay to marriage, to run away from that. I see. So I I ran away from that. I went to a home. I wasn't welcomed. That's a lot uh, to deal with at such a young age. Then, Then I was still teenager. He thought he did mistake. Somehow the sister did her job. And he fleed and left me with my baby. Is that right? With no money, no education, no skills, and nothing in the midst of a war where everyone looked at divorced women really bad. And you're a teenager at this point. Yeah. And I had to come back to my family where they couldn't take care of me. And now I had a baby to raise. In the culture where, like I said, they don't accept that back then, not now. Sure. Back in my days, it was really bad. It was like, it was it was scandalous. Oh my gosh, yes. Right. And like, in 100,000 families, maybe you will find one or two divorced. Okay. And those are will, like, you could pinpoint who they are. Mm-hmm. It's a different culture. Everybody knew everybody. So your husband just takes off yeah. and leaves you. Mm-hmm. So you, you take your baby and you go back to your family. Yes. And... Uh, and I lived 13 years in a war. 13 years. That civil war went on how many years? 13 Thir- years? No, 15 years. Wow. So from the, before I get married, I'm counting from 1975. Mm-hmm. So 13 years altogether, I lived in a war. So, and when do you decide, I need to get out of here, and what's the decision process, I want to go to the United States? How does okay. that happen? It happened because um, I never... I never, I never knew I had hope anywhere because I didn't know how to read and write. Mm-hmm. I didn't have opportunity in my my country, not alone, to go anywhere. Because you're like, okay, I, at least I could speak my language. Mm-hmm. I can't speak English or a little bit French. I knew because that's what my country, they spoke French a little bit, but okay. not enough to, to travel. So it was uh, very tough for me to even think about traveling. Therefore, uh, because you're divorced, 
nobody's going to take you with your daughter. Every man wanted to marry me. They said, well, well, you have a daughter. We can't. You know, our mother wants us to marry somebody still, like, never married before. And it's difficult and all that. So I found a man who said, okay, well, I I was married before, and then it's, his family accepted my daughter and accepted me. Okay. Even though he had issues because of the war, he left. He lost half of his family, and emotionally he was dealing with a lot. And I felt this is the best thing I can do to have at least a husband. Mm-hmm. So when someone wanna marry my daughter, at least I'll be respected, and my daughter she will have a house. She will okay. have a husband. You know, yep. a father figure. And I did the biggest mistake. That's why I say desperation gets you to the wrong destination. Okay. So that desperation got me to the wrong destination. So that forced me to say I had no hope in Lebanon to be anything or become anybody or or any of that. There is no way I could be divorced second time. So suffice it to say that marriage was not a great idea. No. It was not. I got married to protect my daughter. Yeah. Now, he did, in the beginning was, that's the reason why I get married. But then, it was like, give your daughter away to her family. And I'm like, what's the purpose I married you? I married you because I knew you accepted my daughter. You're trying to help her. Yeah. Yeah, because I wanted to be family, not just me. So that was another story. And I said, okay, well, um, maybe, and he didn't want to work and other stories. I said, okay, well, maybe if we travel, maybe we'll have a better opportunity. And then, um, so that's where I, it was, I pushed it. And I think the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. opened the door for me from really, really deep in my heart. I was so much in pain that I visualized visualize myself being somewhere else okay being saved being okay. taken away from the society i was our society it's beautiful but i didn't fit in okay i did not fit in so long story make it short i had a visa I got the visa to be in, to come to United States okay. as a vac- you know tourist. So I came to United States, and um, he came after me, and he didn't like it here. He said, "No, nope, we're going back." So you ca- you came together? Uh, no, I came or, first. You came first. Yeah, in hope that he comes after me. Okay. He made it, and he got the visa, and he came after me. Okay. And we said, okay, well, maybe, hopefully, maybe he'll be better here and he'll be scared because he used to beat me and uh, maybe he won't hit me because now wow. there, is, there is more legal things over here for women. Wow, so he was abusive as well. Yeah, because I, he was suffering. We'll give him that excuse, okay. whatever it is. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so I said to myself, here, he won't do that. But he ended up doing that because he thought, you're going to be scared to get divorced. I know you're not going to accept yourself to be divorced twice now. What's going to happen to your daughter? Mm-hmm. So he, he hold that against me. But I came to a point that there is no lower than that anymore. Okay. 
I had enough, and I don't care about who's going to say what. I had to stay, stand up for myself, and I felt, I felt stronger here. Okay. I felt like this is where I could stand up for myself. And where did you come in the States first? To California. I, okay. Different. I went to Florida first, and then I came here. Okay. But I stood here, and I said, nope, I have the whole country behind me. Women have a right here. I don't care if I'm divorced twice. Mm -hmm. I, this is a different situation. I'm not going back to my country, uh, even though I love my country, but it's, I'm not accepted there. Okay. It broke my heart, but I'm not accepted there. So, you're, so now you make the decision, I'm going to do this. I'm going to raise my daughter here. And um, you just... Nobody's going to judge her here. Right. And you, you have this resiliency inside of you. Yeah. That just, that, this is what I'm going to do. That's it. That's, That's awesome. it. I had no money. Yeah, I didn't I read know that how you to speak had less English. Than, less than $200 yes. to your name. Yes. And then I had 10-year-old daughter with me. I didn't speak English. And I had no idea what to do. Okay. You did not speak English. Yeah. You couldn't write English, read English. No, no, no. None. And you have a 10-year-old daughter. You have less than $200. Yes. Now you're essentially on your own. Yes. In the United States. Yes. Okay. How did you do it? Yeah. What did you do? That's my second book. <laughs> because that's 30 years of story, 32 years. Well, okay. Okay. It was difficult. It wasn't it wasn't like you yes, it's a dream country, okay? It's it was the country who gave uh, where I felt the strength. I felt power. I felt I'm not going to be judged or my daughter because in my country my daughter will be judged because her mother is divorced. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they judge your daughter. Yep. Here, I, I felt like I could fight for myself, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't affect my daughter. You felt like you were giving her the best chance yes. to live a good life. Yes. And then I said to myself, no matter what, even if I'm going to be homeless, I don't care. I will stand on my feet. I have my why, and you cannot stop me. So some Armenian, because I was in, in Glander, Armenian ladies and beautiful Lebanese, you know, they tried to help me. So I was homeless, uh, couch homeless. Okay. So I moved from one week here, one week somebody gave me something. I slept on the couch, okay. on the floor, whatever. But I heard how she's going to make it here. Is she kidding herself? She doesn't speak English. She doesn't have money. She have a daughter. She's kidding herself. This is what everybody was saying. Yeah, you know. I could hear it. Yeah, I could hear it, and I'm sitting, telling myself, "Uh huh," but you don't know what I have. You don't know what I'm fighting for. Mm -hmm. I'm fighting for my why, for my daughter. I got married because I wanted to give her a good life, and now I'm not gonna give it. You don't know. What I can do to survive. I worked $3 an hour part-time. I was able to survive. And I was able to make my sandwich and sleep, uh, use the same foil. Okay, right. so I don't have to throw my foil. I was able to eat leftovers from some family members. They used to give me their leftovers. I was able to sleep hungry. I was able to stay with no uh, no refrigerator when I rented the studio. 
I wear the same clothes, wash them, and wear them again the next day. Mm-hmm. I was able to just hug my daughter and sleep with peace. I have nothing. Wow. Nothing. And I'm like the happiest person on earth you to were, have that you peace. You were already so much happier than you were in your your native country with, you know, so you're on your own. Yeah. You're with you but you're with your daughter. You're yeah. both safe. Yeah. And you're somehow making it work with very very little. Uh yeah. Yet you feel happy. <laughs> oh my goodness. At least I didn't have to get up in the middle of the night to grab my daughter from her sleep to go under and uh, from the bomb. Right. I didn't have to worry about walking in the street and a bomb is going to explode. So I didn't have to worry when the bomb is going to start. I didn't have to worry to go grab her from school when the bomb uh, start hitting our area. So those kind of things... It gave me a place to breathe. Right. And also the judgment on top of it. Mm -hmm. So how dare you tell me to go back? (laughs) I'm not going back. This my daughter, I'm not gonna put my my daughter back in risk of going back to school and not knowing if she's coming home or not. Right. I just lost my brother in front of my eyes. Are you kidding me? I know what that means. So I appreciated everything, every breath I took. Okay. I appreciated the freedom that I had here without being judged. I appreciated, you know, every second. I just was happy to have whatever I had. It's an amazing story. And, um, okay, so let's fast forward a little bit now um, to your your TV show, Empowering Humanity TV show. Uh, tell me about that and tell me what, uh, you know, what you talk about, who you interview, what is the mission of that, of that show? The mission of the show is to empower humanity. I feel my life was saved for a reason. I'm here for a reason. I got the opportunity to be who I am today with fourth grade education. English is my third language. You know, having dyslexia, not able to read and write. But yet I became an author, speaker, and a TV host because I could be who I could be here. I wanted to be an example and an inspiration to others. I wanted to show the world what America is about. Mm-hmm. It's not just about we could be fashionable. It's about an opportunity. It's not about just we could have a bigger home and a nice car. It's about uh, you could be who you could be without someone uh, put you down. Uh, you could be who you could be because people will lift you up and give you an opportunity. There is no way... In the world you hear, maybe, I'm not sure, but as far as I know, any country that could you could be an author having fourth grade education, they, you won't get that opportunity. Yeah. Nobody would even look at you. You are, you are the example of that, of what can be achieved. What um, could be achieved here. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and also, you are a creator of the... Tell me about the Negotiator Mind programs. What, what's that all about? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, the negotiator mind is how I found, because I had no opportunity to go to a therapist or talk to anyone, not even a church because I couldn't read the Bible. So I tried to go to church to get help. I couldn't keep up with everybody because they had to read the Bible and then they had to sing and I just couldn't read and then I was embarrassed and I stopped going to church because I couldn't keep up. Now, I had no counseling. I had no help. Uh, I had to figure out a way to stand for myself. Mm -hmm. I had to to master my own mind. Mm -hmm. I had to uh, create my own way of surviving of not only the stories I told you, there is other things that I had to go through. So so what I did, I had to connect with my intuition, with my higher self. I was able to uh, somehow create my own negotiator mind. So my negotiator mind, I need anything, any answer, anything I need, I was able to connect with my negotiator. I stopped myself because we're very critical of ourselves. Mm -hmm. I don't ask myself. I ask my negotiator mind. So the negotiator mind is sort of like the higher self. The higher self, whatever you want to call it. But when you let go of your brain, you are, but you have to practice. It's a very, very deep uh, teaching when I teach it mm-hmm. because it is it is um, it's it's not as easy as a sound to get to that point. It's it's it it's, took me years to conquer it. It's a train. It's basically us learning to get out of our own way. Yes, letting good things come in and what you know. There, I would imagine there has to be an active knowledge of what it is we're trying to achieve. Yes, first. Um, but yet I would imagine the results could be even greater than that. Greater than that. So this is how can I explain this to you? Imagine when we have a complex, right? Where you have a hostage Mm -hmm. and you have the police trying to negotiate with the hostage and the police trying uh, to do it, but the police comes from a protection, your brain is coming from protecting you. Uh-huh. That's the police. Okay. Now, the hostage is your fear. Host- your hostage to fear. Okay. Okay? Yep. Now, the, the, the police, if it doesn't let go and call on the negotiator person to come in and be in between, yep. it, things goes wrong. But when the police let go, which is your ego, and allow the negotiator to, to come in, then the negotiator will do his job yep. in between, and things will work out 99.9%. Wow, that's a great analogy. Um, I really like that. Um, so w- where can people find this these programs? They can go to empoweringhumanitytv.com. Empoweringhumanitytv.com. And then they could find my program. And also, I didn't answer the whole mm. question about Empowering Humanity. Mm-hmm. The reason I wanted to do Empowering Humanity, because 
I wanted to share with people tools, techniques, insights um, to help them find their way and see their life from a different perspective. Okay. Not only from my teaching, because I can't relate to everybody. I can't teach everything. I wanted to uh, interview experts, top experts in their field. Mm. So people, when they're watching my show, they're learning a specific topic on how to do something. Okay. So the person, if he's struggling in a certain area, they're going to hear from the experts. Sure. Therefore, I'm empowering humanity through that. And also, I have classes very soon. I'm already started. I have a couple of classes already, but I have lined up experts that they're willing to give their classes and put our hands together mm -hmm. to teach uh, lessons. They, they're giving their lessons and insights so we could help our community. We could help each other and give them their insight because sometimes one small thing could stop you. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, there's one little turn or one little nudge yeah. in this or that way can make a huge difference. Absolutely. Um, that's amazing. Um, let's talk about your book. Okay. Um, so the book is, it's your life, it right? It is my life. It's your life. And um, is, it, is it your life uh, up to the present? No, uh, it's my life up to I came to United States. Okay. So the rest is going to be your second book. Yep. Because it's too long. You don't want to read that long. <laughs> I know. And, I'm, and I know there are a lot of details in the book that um, are just uh, amazing stories. Uh, like you say, you, you feel that your life was saved multiple times, times for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're working on making a film. Yes. Based on the book. Yes. And how is that going? It's going great. The best part of that is when Eric P. Granger read the book, the first edition, uh, he looked for me everywhere. Finally, he found me and he said, I want to write this too. Well, okay, so how did he find the book? I, well, we were in the red carpet and then I had the, I told my husband, I knew, you know, he told, he introduced himself. Okay. And I told my husband, come on, I need to give him the book. <laughs> but I never heard from him and I didn't give him my phone number. I didn't even think about it. He sounded very busy. So I'm not, I'm not sure even if he's going to read it. Sure. Uh, then I figured he was looking for me everywhere. Wow. Because <laughs> I didn't give him my phone number. Finally, he found me. He found my fan page on, on Facebook. Okay. And he said, I'm looking for you everywhere. So he's so fascinated by my book. But something else developed, not developed. Um, the first book, I did not go. I had a ghostwriter. Okay. And I didn't go with the ghostwriter because my English wasn't that great okay. when I did the ghostwriting. And I, it's hard to tell details with the ghostwriting. Uh, technology wasn't there for me to really go deep. Okay. Um, I had five stars on Amazon uh -huh. all the way. Mm -hmm. People couldn't put it down. I was very humbled and appreciative of every comment I heard. We should, we should 
you know, remind everybody that your book is available on Amazon. Not yet. Hold on. Oh, not yet? Re- the new one. You oh. don't want to read the old one. Okay, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Let us know. Yeah, you don't want to read the old one because now, finally, I was able, after 15 years... I agreed to release the new secret that I hold for 51 years. Really? Yeah, which is the sexual abuse with my brother. Okay. That was secret. However, before I even wrote my first book, I relieved my secret to my husband, my mother, my sister, and my daughter, and my brother, and one my cousin. Okay. They convinced me now to talk about it. So the new wow. book has the really painful, painful sexual abuse. And when is that going to be released? This uh, May 27 on Amazon. Okay. You could pre-order it from my website right now. You Which get is it earlier. Empowering, empoweringhumanitytv.com. Empoweringhumanitytv.com. We're going to put all, all of your links uh, in the in the the description of this episode. And look what I'm doing. End of the book, they're gonna. I'm gonna tell them that I'm gonna prepare a video on the website for them to share some insights. Okay. That, like how I overcame some of the stuff that I had to go through. Mm-hmm. So I wanna not give them just my story. Right. I want to give them the solutions that I helped helps me to yeah, overcome that, this. So that that's fantastic because um, I was going to ask you, um, you know, what would your obviously you have this this passion inside you. You have this never quit uh, instinct. You have this uh, voice inside of you that says, "I can do this." I can do whatever I want to do in my head, right? Yeah. And what advice would you give to, I, I'm going to say it's any, any age, any generation um, that feels like they're stuck, right? They're, they're, let's say they're, they're stuck somewhere. Let's say they're unhappy. They can't quite uh, figure out how to, you know, I, I have a I have a dream. I have a vision. I'd love to do this. You know, what gets someone unstuck? I think someone, when they feel stuck, because they're stuck only on themselves. Okay. When you're stuck in yourself and you don't reach out for any help in any direction... You're just prisoner in yourself, and you cannot blossom. Okay. I reach out for help. I don't care. If Mm. I want to get to my destination, Mm. I don't know it all. (laughs) I put my ego on the side, and I do get stuck. But guess what? Somebody else knows the solution. Right? Yep. So by putting my ego on the side and reaching out for somebody who knows what I don't know, because you're always going to feel stuck somewhere because you don't know everything. That's right. That's no right. No matter how many times, even if you get unstuck today, you're going to be stuck somewhere. 
tomorrow. It's always going to be another mountain to get over, exactly. right? Exactly. So it's not a one-time stuck. Right. So th- what it is is actually you're stuck in yourself. So do you, do you feel like, but it's a, um, the, that the biggest solution is a change in the way we in think? In your mind. Well, I tell you what it is. I think most people, they think, which I used to be one of them, but I had to work on it. They think they have to be perfect to be beautiful and powerful. They don't understand all you have to be is yourself. Mm. And that's one of my quotes. That's a beautiful thought. Yes. That is a beautiful thought because I think I think you're so right. And uh, I don't know if that's part of being a human or it's part of our culture here in this country but it is very easy to think we well, I have to be perfect I have in to be everything perfect, that yeah. I do um, so I'm really glad you said that imagine if I have to be perfect <laughs> imagine if I have to expect myself to be perfect I would never get anywhere well your story is so amazing because uh, and I think that you're your teaching is so powerful because you literally come from a place of survival. I needed to, well, the first thing I need to do is survive, mm-hmm. right? And you did. And then you said, I need to provide a life for my daughter, no matter what it takes. And you did that. And then you actually said, you know what? I'm going to create a life where I'm happy too. And you did that. So if there's anybody that knows the answer to all these questions, it's you. So you should be teaching and you should be doing all these things. And I congratulate you so much on all of that. Thank you. I don't want to forget to say that. The day that I, just, I heard the voice telling me that I need to write the book, I, I, I came home and I told my husband and he said, you never read a book in your life. How are you going <laughs> to write the book? I said, well, you know, I know why and the how will appear like anything else and even though I am extremely private person that people I knew before they never thought I have a story they they would like really you have a story but the day I heard that voice that inner voice my inner voice told me this is your time to share your story to inspire others I couldn't believe what I heard Mm. because it was like what? You expect me to write what? But what I heard that day, that this book is not going to be about you. This book is about uh, leaving a legacy behind you. It's about helping others around the world. This book is never about you, and you need to give out 75% to children who suffer in the war, Oh, wow. And sexual abuse and learning disability. Wow. So I am giving from my personal profit. 75%. 75%. Of profit from... From the movie and my book. Wow. Is going to go to... To help children who suffer from war, ch- uh, sexual abuse, and uh, learning disabilities. Wow. That's incredible. Um, okay. So pre-order... 
Uh, you can already pre-order from your website. Definitely. Well, if you pre-order from my website, there is more money will go to charities. Right. Because Amazon will take money. Yes. And, you know, books, we don't make too much money, but people, yeah. they don't know that. <laughs> right. Because they think, oh, it's your book. Do you... Do you pay money to print? Yes, we do. Yes, yes. <laughs> we do print it. We do pay money for it. It's not doesn't come free. So after my expenses, I'm saying my personal profit. Yes. Um, I will. So on my website, I will get more money for my personal okay. than I will get it from Amazon. Yes. So so purchase the book so we'll go from more her to website. The, it will Amy's give website. more to the organization than it's going to. Of Amazon. course, but. They could do whatever they want. Everybody do whatever they want. And no matter when you're listening, we're recording this in 2021. Uh, so, you know, by... May, you know, May, May 25th should be released on my website. Okay. Even, me, uh, yeah, May 23rd, because I need to submit it to Amazon on May 23rd. So May 23rd, 2021. Yeah. Uh, buy Amy's new book and, uh, and be on the lookout for the movie. Yes. The movie is going to be titled Light from, Light the from the Shadows. Oh, man, that's fantastic. Amy, this has been an amazing interview. I'm so glad uh, I got you. to talk with you and meet you. Your story is something that I think if people maybe just read it in a book, maybe wouldn't think it's a true story, right? Some people told me that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I yeah, it's amazing, yeah. Um, and I congratulate you on all of your successes, and keep on teaching, keep on empowering other people. Thanks so much for being here. Well, I appreciate what you're doing, and I appreciate the, the opportunity to deliver the message of hope, because hope is having open possibilities every day, if you spell it. Hope is having open possibilities every day. And what a great way to end our conversation. Thank you. Thanks for being here, Amy. Appreciate you. You have been listening to the Chic Compass Connection podcast. To learn more about Chic Compass magazine, visit chiccompass.com. That's C-H-I-C-C-O-M-P-A-S-S.com. Thanks again to The Vegas Room for hosting us. Visit thevegasroom.com to find out more about this great supper club. This is Jamie Hosmer. Thanks for listening.